Okay, and good morning to the NBA Thoughts listeners and fans. I'm here in sunny Baltimore um, with um, right outside the Double Express Salon. Is that what it's called? The Double... Uh... Double Exposure Salon. Double Exposure Salon, uh, right outside Pikesville um, in sunny Baltimore. I'm going to say it's around 25 degrees Celsius. Made up number there. We, we don't do Celsius over here. Uh, I'm Canadian. We the North. Um, shout out to the Double Express Salon for all your saloning needs. I'm here with um, Eliyahu Brand of Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Eliyahu. How are you doing? I am doing great, Batsala. How are you? Good. I'm doing so well. Um, me and Eliyahu just uh, are coming, went on a little drive, picked up some Rita's ice cream, and we're doing well. We're sitting outside. Shout out to Rita. Chilling out. So how, how you, Eliyahu actually, right now, for those, Eliyahu and I go, go way back, way to the summer of 2009. And this weekend, actually, Eliyahu is celebrating his, his pre-wedding Shabbos celebrations. Um, also known as an Ofruf. Uh, for those who don't know, the Ofruf is the traditional, um, before the wedding, the groom. I think people here know what an Ofruf means. Eliyahu, the NBA Thoughts podcast is goes way beyond the inner orthodox circle. We have fans all over the world covering all denominations, religions, faith groups. Although most of the uh, guests have been orthodox so far, we're willing to expand as long as the hashkafas of the NBA are, are in line. Ah, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, indeed. Uh, thank God. So the Ofruf is the traditional uh, Jewish uh, Sabbath that the that the groom spends with his family and friends, and Elio had just had his this past Shabbos. Elio, how are you feeling about your upcoming wedding? I'm feeling great, but so tell us a little bit about the the past Sabbath, uh, what you're looking forward to in marriage. Give us and give uh, give a, give the listeners a little pre-marriage advice. Oh, I don't have any advice. Uh, no advice really yet. Um, but I'm very much looking forward. I had a great time at the Ofruf, and great to be here with Pizzalo. And yeah, it's, it's been real. As a pre, uh, as a complete non-marriage expert who's never been married or even in a serious relationship before, um, <laughs> I would advise you, and I would uh, say that it's good that you don't know what's going on going in, because flexibility is a good thing in a marriage, and it's it's nice not to have a fixed idea going in, willing to build a beautiful relationship with your wife Tal- Tali. Yes. Be'ezrat Hashem, living in the New York area, Riverdale, I believe. If yes. Listener, listeners, please don't uh, use that information against him. Uh, stalkers against are not him. welcome against him. Uh, before we start talking about the NBA, Elio, um, you and I met in the summer of 2009 in a intensive high school Talmud learning program. And oh. actually, from what I understand... And you, where you stole my Twizzlers? I stole his Twizzlers. We, we had a bit of a rough start. Tell us, tell us, Elio, about these traumatic memories of Twizzlers, and I believe also there was an injury, a physical injury involved as well. Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, we have a timeline of, what, 45, 40 minutes? The and li- your battery is on how many percent? We're good. No worries about these things. So, uh, basically... Um, this, this is very therapeutic. It's nice to... I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this. So, when I saw it was Arab Shabbos, and I was coming out of the shower, and Yehuda Tarragon shouted, Rabbi Conan is coming. And anyone who knows Rabbi Conan from YU, you know, you don't know. YU wanna... is a, for our listeners, a modern Orthodox... Uh, centrist Orthodox, if you will. Centrist Orthodox uh, University with uh, Jewish studies uh, in New York City. Yes. Anyway, so uh, he, uh, 
he called Rabbi Cohen was coming, and I went to, it was Erev Shabbos, and I went to go uh, get some, like, you know, become more, uh, you know, dressed more appropriate, and I was running in my flip-flops. And the and faithful tri- moment. And I tripped over my suitcase, and lo and behold, my arm was shaped like a valley, and it was very, it was not so pushed because it was right before Shabbos, so... Um, Rabbi for, Willig just, ended up just, have, just for our listeners. Pitzal, let me just finish. For our listeners, Pitzal, let me just finish. So, Shabbos is the Jewish Sabbath, where uh, traditional Jews. Uh, we already spoke about Shabbos. Traditional Jews don't don't drive, so that created some technical technical problems. So anyway, back to back when we last left our heroes. Um, so it was very interesting because it was right before Shkia. So yes, the, will, su- the sunset when the when the Jewish Shabbos. So starts. anyway, there are people. There were the there were the cooks in Morashakolo. Um, there was Moshe, and there was Martin. So Martin was a Polish guy. So anyway, so Lamaisa Morashakolo. It's not very. You know, we were. It's a traumatic but, experience. Uh, it's the long and short of it, and. The hard part is, for years, Eliyahu was wondering who was it who caused him this great injury, and recently I revealed to him that I might have been the person who left the suitcase in the middle of the hallway and inadvertently caused this great trauma. Yeah. We've since uh, moved past this, thank God, and are podcasting together like some chums, right? Sure, let's go with that. (laughs) Let's go with that. Speaking of injuries, I think that brings us to our topic in the NBA. Um, Recently... The NBA recently is almost defined as much by its injuries as it has by the players who've been healthy. And one of the key injuries affecting a contender has been uh, Kyrie Irving. Elio, is there anything you'd like to tell us about your thoughts about Kyrie? Any questions, things you've been thinking about Kyrie these days? Well, um, you know, Bitsalo, during the playoffs, it really showed how when Kyrie wanted to go to really uh, cement himself as a superstar on a team and carry his own and not be second fiddle to LeBron, that he really wasn't able to do so in the playoffs. So much so that Terry Rogier was thought people were rooting for him to become the starting point guard um, in Boston. Well, obviously that showed that it should not happen. Uh, you know, the bottom line is is that it, the worries of, uh, we're worried about uh, the Celtics, uh, Celtics' future. It's a very interesting. You say very well. Eliyahu, a longtime contributor of the NBA Thoughts Messenger chat group, um, that Kyrie was uh, left LeBron in order to get his own team, but the Celtics uh, experienced tremendous success in the playoffs even without him, raising questions about um, whether he's actually needed. There's only one ball, right? There is only one ball. So there's a big question with uh, Tatum's emergence and Horford, who was really a stud, uh, schooling youngins like... Uh, young stars like Joel Embiid and um, and even uh, causing the Cavaliers some trouble in their in their loss um, really showing himself as an offensive leader with the emergence of Tatum and Brown and Hayward coming back as well the question is with is there really room for Kyrie to be that alpha dog that he is hoping to be you know Batala you just hit it um, when you said about Hayward Hayward has not missed the entire season except for the first two minutes when he had that gruesome injury. Um, well, I'm hoping that um, is he supposed to make a has he made a full recovery yet? What's um, the- recently he was reported as uh, there was videos of him 
uh, actually not uh, not videos, but just reports of him dunking off his left foot for the first time. Um, that's very good to hear. But I think he's expected to be back by the regular season, or at least close to the beginning of the regular season. So that's well. Um, the bottom line is, as you have pointed out, not only has Tatum, have Tatum, Brown, and even Horford really shown their, uh, you know, have really uh, shown up to ball, but now they have Hayward to play. So it's really, uh, you know, Kyrie is really... Uh, it's really he's really overrated at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I think in general we would most of us would agree that he that he's he's an excellent player with unbelievable offensive skills and maybe amongst the top scoring skills in the league. But I think we would agree that he's mainly an overrated player in the sense that he doesn't necessarily he's not a great creator with vision in the passing. In addition, not great at defense. And we saw before LeBron arrived. In the Cavaliers, I think they topped out at 35 wins or something like that. I think it's interesting, to my mind, what's going to be the real question for the for the Celtics is Kyrie does have lots of scalable skills, meaning skills that are still useful if there's lots of talented players around you. Meaning, he's... Sorry, what were you saying? No, for a, sure. A good shooter. He can play off the he, ball. His handles, are tr- his handles are phenomenal. Unreal. But in addition to his handle and his ball handling abilities, if someone else is taking a turn, Kyrie's also a very good shooter. So he doesn't need the ball in his hands. I think for me the question is more. We know Kyrie has a quote-unquote alpha attitude. He's a big Kobe Bryant um, admirer. In addition, he left LeBron because he wanted to be in his own shadow. I think the key for the Celtics... Well, be away from LeBron's shadow, more uh, like. be Exactly. Be away from LeBron's shadow and be viewed as, like, the man. Right. So I think, to me, in my mind, the key for the Celtics' success, and I really think there's a lot of room for success, I think they can, this year, top out at 65 wins, which is really something. They have a lot of skill on that roster. Is is Kyrie willing to play a role? Meaning to say, if Kyrie wants to ball dominate, then I don't think there's room for that on that team, and that diminishes the abilities of Tatum and Brown and Hayward. But Kyrie can play off the ball, and Kyrie, I mean, he is the primary ball handler, and, but he can play with other players, and if he's willing to play into the system, and we know Brad Stevens, one of the top tactical coaches in the league, can design something for that. But if attitude-wise, he's willing to be one of one of twelve to buy into the strength and numbers attitude, and realizes that that doesn't really take away from your profile. Some of the best players in the league, like Steph Curry, has taken on a team game mentality, and it's led to a, a, one of the best legacies and one of the most popular players in the league. Then I think the Celtics can really top out. There's no question about that. Um, he just has to develop a more selfless attitude. Um, you know, you brought up Steph Curry. I think a more, uh, a better example is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, excellent he, example. He's uh, even more so because before Kevin Durant got there, he was, you know, viewed as kind of second fiddle to Steph Curry in yeah. a sense. And if he would go to another team, he would be their superstar. The man, yeah. Right now, he's third on the totem pole? Would you, you say yeah. him or Draymond? I, I think it depends if you're looking from scoring or just overall yeah. stars, but yeah. On scoring the bottom options. line is is that... But I actually think what the Warriors are a good example of is if everyone's willing to play their role and if everyone's willing to play within a system, actually, everyone still gets fed. Meaning, you don't need to try to dominate the ball in order to get your buckets. Play within the system, wait for the ball to come to you, and you'll get your buckets. You know, and that... Clay's still averaging around 22... Not so much less, if at all, than the numbers he's averaging before KD arrived. Which brings up an interesting point. When we're talking about selfless um, 
you know, Kyrie needing to be selfless, I think that brings to an interesting point. We talk about Golden State. Uh, Boogie Cousins, you know, he definitely has that alpha dog mentality, yet he is willing to go to a team like Golden State to kind of earn a long-term deal after suffering yeah. that Achilles uh, injury. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Boogie a little bit was uh, was disappointed there wasn't so demand on the market, both because of his injury and because um, big men in general aren't in so hard demand. And, of course, his questionable personality, um, whether he fits. Um, and, of course, I think a lot of sort of mid-level teams, which ordinarily would be eager to sign a superstar because it would really vault them into contention, with the top of the NBA being so packed, with the Warriors with a stranglehold on the contention status, were less eager to sign a a superstar, which is usually the gem of the NBA, uh, the number one thing a team wants. Um, but yeah, I think he was looking, he realized that being part of a, te- a successful team, playing your role, ultimately reflects better on a player's legacy than putting up the numbers and getting the attention on a less successful team. Yeah, for sure, and I think uh, uh, Kyrie's got to learn from from Boogie in that regard. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, uh, Boogie's got to buy into Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, unbelievable what they've done, what that organization did with culture-wise, Dray- with Draymond and uh, finding that talent and uh, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell. It seems that anyone they draft, it almost reminds us a little bit about the Spurs that they just almost bring anyone in there and they become a desirable a desired commodity to be signed elsewhere or just like, wow, this guy can play. Jordan Bell, Festus Azili, who's already on the Blazers, um, moved on to the Blazers. You know, uh, Patrick McCall looks good. Um, Kevin, Kevon Looney looks good. You know, they just, yeah. all these late these late, late draft picks can look good in the system. You know, you brought up the Spurs. Uh, you know, that's uh, the sore subject. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Tony Parker's not even there. It's really... Uh, the Spurs, the Spurs as we know them, might be might, we're turning chapter New Era. I'm a little optimistic about what they can do with De- DeMar DeRozan. Um, I think that Pop might have something on his sleeve. I think they, they right with the current talent, they're not contenders in the strictest sense of the term. But I'm interested. I'm interested. Uh, it seems from the from the interviews that Pop is optimistic about this, and his optimism makes me I, I trust Pop. Trust. Yeah, definitely. Um... You know, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, you've definitely, you're definitely more of a Toronto fan and watch more Raptors, but is, uh, would you say DeRozan's more of a scorer and not much else? Or So I think that's an interesting point and something uh, my, my co-host and co-founder of the NBA Thoughts podcast, Yichiel Schwab, and I have spoken about is that DeMar DeRozan isn't an, an elite distributor and he's not an elite defender. He's probably... A bad defender, but but um, he has been expanding his game, especially last year. We saw a little bit of ability to play off the ball and to distribute, and he's extended to three-point line. He still has a ways to go, but there are um, signs of improvement. Yeah. Um, very interesting. All very interesting talk. Um, Elio Brand here, who I'm sitting with, also known as Elliot in professional settings, um, He's a native of Baltimore and a bit of a Wizards fan. Um, before we before we lose you, I definitely want to ask you about the Wizards' moves this summer. Um, they have made done some interesting things, specifically signing Dwight Howard and trading Martin Martin Marchin. Marchin Gortat. I apologize. Yeah. I'm actually a descendant of Polish ancestors, so I should I should be able to pronounce the Polish hammers name properly <laughs> before uh, the anti-Semitic and uh, evacuate. Uh, 
forcefully evacuated us from their country um, through a certain incident that happened 70 years ago or so. I don't know why I'm Let's laughing. Let's move on from this. Okay. Holocaust talk is neither here nor there. Um, but what do you think about the wizards and how they look? Honestly, it's been uh, very uh, puzzling. Um, Mar they traded uh, Marching Gortat for uh, bags of late... Uh, Lay's potato chips and uh, soda to be named later. Um, <laughs> named I, 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 honestly, I am confident that it will be Pepsi and not Coke. <laughs> named Austin Rivers, but uh, yes. Yeah. But um, honestly, it's been puzzling. Uh, they definitely need a big man. Um, I thought it would have been helpful to add a Dwight Howard to Marching Gortat. Um, but I also honestly think that they should consider move, trading back Bradley Beal. He's coming off a career season, yet he. In previous years, he has not been able to stay on the on the court so much. He had he's had health issues, so you may be able, if they were interested, to be able to get a decent package for Bradley Beal in return. I'd be interested. Very interesting to hear what you, you think a package would be. Do you know him. what sort of contract he's on? He's got a he's on a max he's on a max deal. He's on a max currently. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I can't confirm that. But he's like on one thirty-eight or something. It's a very how high. many years? Four or five, I think. Okay, we can confirm that later, but I do think that's interesting. Um, if he is on a long term with with a nebulous uh, um, injury history, maybe you can find a team that's interested and sell high on Bradley. What kind of thing would you think that the Wizards could need? Um, what 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 would you be adding to their roster? Um, it's a good question, Mitsalo. Um How did the series against the Raptors go? Um, they put up a fight, but um, it they were it was it was pretty uh pretty pretty pathetic. I mean, uh, what what went wrong? Honestly, it's been too long, and I've just been uh, instead of uh, wallowing in the self pity of the Wizards, I've been, riding, I've been uh, very excited um, of the Stanley Cup uh, victory oh, of, the, of uh, the Great Eight and uh, Washington Capitals. So I do not remember the exact series. The Dirk Nowitzki of the of the NHL. He's definitely not the dirt. No, in the sense of that he's been around a long time, a fun-loving guy on the same team, and finally got his chance to hoist the cup. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's still he's still not sober. Not sober still. Um, Regardless, I, I, the Warriors, the the Wizards do definitely seem to have a few some elements of what could turn out to be a very good team. Um, uh, John Wall is a top point guard in the league when healthy and on his game. Great defensive skills, a good distributor, and. Uh, Score, uh, athletic scorer, not much of an outside, get, not much of a shooter, um, and Dwight Howard has real potential to be a nice rim runner and rim protector on the decline, but if he understands his role, can do well. And they do also have some promising uh, wings, yeah. uh, young wings in Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter Jr., who can both defend and shoot well. Um, it seems to be really the, oh, uh, the, the makings, the... The, um, the, the infrastructure, the structure, the model of a successful team in the modern NBA um, it could just be a matter of injecting more talent. I, th I know that they were weak on in the um, reserve guard department behind yes. when John Wall was on the bench. Maybe Austin River helps out in that regard. Um, you could also want Bradley Beal because Tachlis, you still need... You, you need talent. Talent's king. Honestly, I noticed during the year, um, I think it was, I noticed some splits that when he was on, when he, John Wall, um, when John Wall was injured for a large uh, portion of the season, Bradley Beal played a lot better without John Wall. 
them with him. So it was kind of interesting to see how they would mesh together when I think... Did John Wall only come back for the playoffs, or did he come back... A little bit before, but very close to the playoffs. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but towards the end of the year, for sure. But yeah, they definitely have had a tenuous relationship um, off the court, and I think even on the court, so it is interesting to Maybe. see what happens in the future. It's int- we have to think about what, if they were to move on for Bradley Beal, what should they be looking to add? What's the next step? Um, how they can how they can make the next level to be real uh, legitimate contenders, or at least... Um, conference amongst the first tier in the East. Honestly, aside from Otto Porter, they don't really have too many great shooters. Interesting, very interesting. We can be looking out for that. Um, I personally think that there was lots of talk about the John Wall-Bradley Beal relationship. They seem to have complementary skill sets, so that could work very well. Um, Publicly, it was no secret that March and Gortat um, did have tension in the Wizards organization. So maybe moving on from Martin, March and Gordot can help bring serenity to the team in general. But obviously, with Dwight Howard coming in, he's by no means a stable, uh, likable blocker in presence. Oh, no. Um, definitely not. Uh, that's definitely for sure. Before we, before, before we say goodbye to you, uh, Eliyahu, is there any other NBA topics that were on your mind that you'd like to share with the NBA Thoughts podcast audience? I mean... Uh... You know, we've covered a, a lot of it. I just, uh, I've definitely appreciated the fact that Kawhi acted like a baby, and then you know, when you act like a baby, you get shipped off to Canada. When we all know how what uh, how poor Canadians are. Listen, you're not gonna you're not gonna hear so much pity for me from Kawhi because I really think that that was a win-win situation in the sense that the Raptors and Kawhi look prime to be serious to make some serious noise if everything goes well both in the eastern conference and maybe even in the nba at large yeah uh it'll be interesting to see for sure what Um, are you looking forward to this season or uh or any crazy predictions or thoughts on your mind um there are none uh the golden state warriors will be the 2019 champions (laughs) i mean there's not much uh you know lebron it's it's he's uh the lakers they don't i don't see much of a threat to them honestly Really, uh, the latest rumors have uh, Boogie coming back in January, which is quite a surprise. Don't you? Wouldn't you say so, Bitsalo? I mean, you never know with the Achilles, but you're right. The Warriors are the are the prohibitive favorites to win the title. But as we've discussed, and there's much more to discuss that we haven't touched on. There's plenty of interesting storylines and things to look out for along the way. And who wins the title is not the only question in the NBA. And one last point that I would like to make is noticing how the how um, significant losses the, the Houston Rockets have had this offseason. Definitely, and that should be interesting. But we should also maybe see uh, some interesting stuff that might make the Warriors sweat a little bit coming out of Boston or even Toronto if everything, uh, um, if everything uh, falls the right way. Thank you very much to Elliot O'Brien for joining us. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We look forward to continuing our chats in the NBA Thoughts um, chat groups and Amen. which are the which is the father of this podcast and where all the good brainstorming occurs. Thank you very much for everyone for joining us and thank you to Eliyahu. We'll see you next time. Welcome to the NBA Thoughts Podcast. Can you feel the love tonight?
Daniel, why are you singing that song? We are coming to you live from the chuppah of Ben Kohen. It is a beautiful wedding ceremony that we are about to witness here. I mean, I Judaism is a patriarchal for. religion, but he's also getting married to a, a woman yeah, is involved in this. To we'll ben, discuss that later. To time, Tova Weingarten. Yeah. Let, she deserves a mention as well. It's a we're waiting to hear. They're both going to walk down the aisle very soon. We are right They're here at the chuppah, which is the Jewish traditional wedding canopy. The uh, Jewish wedding ceremony takes place under a canopy to symbolize the tent. Open from all four sides to symbolize the welcomeness in the Jewish home. Hashtag wow. Torani. Hashtag Torani, so beautiful, Bitsfish. What an excellent description of the beautiful Jewish wedding we are about to describe. So while we're here, let's discuss the topic of the NBA and weddings and what basketball-related wedding advice we have to give to this newlywed couple of Ben Cohen and Tova Weingarten. Hashtag Mazel Tov. Hashtag newlyweds. Breaking news. Under the radar, people are saying that Jalen Brown got married. Not Jalen Brown. Jalen Rose got married this summer to, I think, also an ESPN anchor. Uh, someone who works on one of the ESPN shows. And Sam Decker of the Houston Rockets got married to an ESPN sideline reporter. I don't remember her name. I apologize. Mazel tov to all the NBA weddings and mazel tov to all the weddings out there. To all of our followers, mazel tov is the Jewish word for congratulations on your wedding. So congratulations to everyone on their all their marriages and all their successes in life. So let's discuss some marriage advice from the NBA. Let's start with... Yechiel, you've been married for a cool seven months, yeah. 11 months now. 11 months. I remember I'm your wedding. I'm pretty much an expert. Like, there's no one who knows more about wedding, who knows more about marriage except, than I do. Except me, of course, who's never except been in a relationship. Is, is the greatest marriage, marriage See, expert so of our time. After a week uh, being married to professional lawyer and who moonlights as an, a uh, podcast operator, <laughs> uh, welcome voice over lady, what would you advise the new couple, Ben and Tova, about marriage? Well, I would recommend what's really, what's really important in basketball and in life is a clear and well-run pick and roll. And that's when one person runs one way, the other person makes sure that they're always cutting towards the basket, okay? You gotta keep your eyes on the basket, keep your eye on the goal, make sure that after you set the pick, after you assist your partner, you make sure you run straight to the hoop because you're always going towards the goal. And if you're both are going towards the goal, you're gonna succeed in life and you're gonna succeed in marriage. But Yechiel, in the modern NBA, um, it's very popular as a switch-busting uh, technique to slip the pick before oh, that's very true. the defense has a chance to set and switch. How would that connect to a, a good relationship? That is a great connection to a good relationship because sometimes you have a goal in mind, but you see that you can't attain it. You can't attain it by going one way. Slip out. Find another, find another pathway. Slip out to the three because it's always important in weddings and in basketball, three is more than two. That is just simple wedding. Man. I mean, um, Michiel, <laughs> I'm no expert in Jewish law, even though I'm in rabbinical school <laughs> or in marriage. But they told us in pastoral psych class that it's ideal. Whatever, different strokes for different folks, but ideal to only have two people involved in your marriage, not three. Well, I'm not talking about the number of people involved in the pick and pop. I'm just talking about the number of points scored. And the goal of marriage, you think of ma marriage is just like an NBA game. At the end of the day, it's all about scoring more points than the other team. And I think we all know what that means. So mar marriage is a competition, according to Yechiel Schrock. Marriage just is then. a competition. I said it first. It's a five-on-five. Five. It's just five people against five other people. And that's what marriage is about. Yechiel, if I can add in a Dvar Torah for all our Jewish and Gentile listeners, um, 
there's a Mishnah and Avot, which is the uh, the ethical tractate of the Jewish Talmud that says Hashtag ethics. That says ethics of the fathers and mothers, but um, that that the uh, creation of a child, which has, has a central role in the Jewish marriage aims and goals, not exclusive but central, is a partnership between three partners: the the uh, father, the mother, and God. And in this God. way. Not, not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Excuse me. We don't hate on Christianity in this religion, in this podcast, but... To all our Christian listeners, welcome. We appreciate no, you. No, it just happens to be, I was quoting a Jewish, a Jewish uh, proverb. Um, and that way you bring divinity into your relationship and marriage and child rearing. I would like to speak about a different idea in marriage. This summer, as you know, a certain long-time loyal player left his team. Who would that be, Yechiel? I believe you're talking about Kawhi Leonard. No, that's definitely <laughs> not who I was talking about. He was not loyal. And that ended like messing. Rosen. Well, no, 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 no. A different player, someone we haven't spoken about yet on this podcast. LeBron pod. James. Wow, you're not really good at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about Tony Parker, Yechiel. He oh, went okay. to the Charlotte Hornets. I'm not going to guess him. Like, you could have given me another 10 minutes. I would not have guessed Tony Parker. <laughs> I mean, Tony Parker is kind of not completely rare. You have Carl Malone and probably other examples we can think of of players who move on later in their career. But how many players have moved on later in their career? Not to a winning scenario necessarily to chase a ring, but rather to play a larger role. I, I don't know a lot of other players. I think Tony Parker might be unique in this scenario, but I think if you look at the Spurs roster, they just they didn't have the minutes for Tony Parker. They like DeJounte Murray. They have Patty Mills on a long contract. Probably, I think for Tony Parker, it was both a money decision and a time decision. The Spurs I would not, not offering him more than a minimum contract. I wouldn't think it's a money decision. I think it was more of a playing opportunity decision. And I think it's interesting. Tony got his rings already. He got his money. He's not like a $500 million player, but... He's made some cash. His family's set for the next uh, foreseeable future, but he wanted minutes. And in and in Charlotte, we 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 foresee him playing a solid 20 minutes a game behind Kemba Walker. I agree. I think that that's that's just what he was looking to continue to play. He's looking to prove that at age 36, he still's got it. I don't think he still has it, but no, he's looking to prove it wrong. I don't think he. I don't know if I would say he still has it, but I think he could still be a serviceable rotation player in the NBA. He has wisdom and he has leadership, and he could. He, he definitely could, has wisdom and leadership, but I don't know if he has the serviceable to be a a really competent backup point guard. But I think he's he's looking to prove me wrong, and I I'm looking for him to prove me wrong. But I think Charlotte probably overpaid to get some veteran veteran help off the bench, and I think they were really desperate for some point guard leadership coming off the bench for them. And I don't think they had a lot of other options. I think that's why they signed Tony Parker to a nice deal. Well said. But I would like to, I think there's a bit of marriage advice in there. A lot of marriage advice, always. I I wouldn't say that I would advise as the marital expert that a couple, if they find that there's not enough room for growth in their marriage, that they separate totally. I think that you could look and readjust your lifestyle and there's always room for growth, sticking together, consistency. Like the Raptors, we always thought, oh, time to break it up. But... They were able to continue and keep getting more wins and more wins. Spurs also believe in a lot of consistency. They don't like they don't like moves. But I do think the lesson for marriage here is that sometimes a couple needs to understand that you don't need to do everything together. That you can that sometimes in a marriage, one member of the couple is able to explore projects on their own, which allows them to have their space to grow as an individual, and that ultimately can help the relationship altogether. I'm saying 
looking at the Tony Parker split, the Spurs organization are still on good terms with him, and I would not be surprised if post-retirement he returns to the Spurs oh, organization. I would expect that. In I in a management totally role or some sort. These players spending... as a management player, he would definitely, I would expect him to do a Paul Pierce kind of return, retire his jersey as a No, but also, also he's still going to be part of the Spurs family for life, like David Robinson, like Tim Duncan. Like Manu Ginobili. Like Manu Ginobili. Reports say he's coming back this year. Hopefully he lives long and healthy, plays in the NBA till he's 60. Amen. Um, but yes, I agree. There are ways. I may have asked from Shana. I may have asked from Shana. For those who don't know, may have asked from Shana means 120 years, which in Jewish tradition is the uh, longest available life for humans. Um, we live a long, long and healthy life for Tony Parker and for Manu Ginobili. So you ultimately spend 18 years together. You establish the he. You spent uh, whatever 15 plus years with the Spurs organization. You establish yourself a lifetime member. But ultimately, oftentimes, if you let your spouse or partner have a little space for his independence and to grow himself as an individual, ultimately you can stay together longer and develop the relationship stronger. Well spoken, Bitsfish, you are a marriage expert. I will not argue and I will not question what you have to say. Okay, the marriage ceremony is the beginning. We're signing off. See you later. But we will discuss the marriage ceremony in detail because it's going to be a beautiful ceremony and we expect to discuss it all in great person song. later. <laughs> Just great song choice. Oh, yeah, new Hopefully day. later we'll discuss, great choice. we'll discuss marriages we loved in the NBA, marriages we like less so, and marriages we'd like to see in either in our fantasy world or maybe in the future with free agent signings or the like. KD to the next, KD to the next. <laughs> Signing Stay off. Stay tuned for some hot takes. Mazel tov. Mazel tov indeed.